Hello and welcome to another installment of Behind the Fourth Wall, the podcast where we discuss and review movies, TV shows, trailers, and pretty much anything else pop culture. In today's episode, we'll be taking a look at the Disney Plus series Loki, Season 1, Episode 3, titled Lamentus. My name is Ivan, and I'm joined today by my co-host and winner of Time Magazine's Most Influential People of 2016, Emmett. It's been all downhill since five years ago, let me tell you. I'm surprised they picked you for 2016. I felt like there was a major oh, that was event in 2016. Year. Oh, I was, yeah. I, was, I was doing good things back then. Not so much anymore, but uh, we got the podcast, right? Yeah, all the good old days. <laughs> Damn, hard to believe it's been five years since 2016. <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, time is flying. We, I, I feel like these shows just keep rolling in, um, and this this episode is definitely not uh, one to to kind of be missed. I feel like, you know, what's funny? It, it took me by surprise that these are releasing now on Wednesday. Not that I wasn't aware of this before. It's just like it's still <laughs> something that I'm getting settled into. You get what I mean? Like I keep thinking Friday it's gonna come out, but it's still so weird that they've given Bad Batch the priority friday viewing and there's still so many bad patch episodes left <laughs> uh and this is a very big primetime show but i'm really liking the wednesday drop because it's like you get through monday tuesday pretty quick and then you can like rewatch it if you wanted to throughout the week uh after wednesday drop i i really like it yeah, I think we might have talked about this off off the air a bit, but like I feel like I'm almost tempted to rewatch this a lot more. Maybe it's because of the Wednesday drop. I'm not sure, but by the time I hit the weekend, I usually are am on my second or third watch of the show. Oh, a hundred percent. Like it's a combination. It's a one-two punch of seeing it on Wednesday and then being able to like if I have free time on the weekend and I just want to throw it on, sure. But it's also like this show is just so much better than Wanda and leaps and bounds above uh, Falcon, I think. I think both of us had little, like, zero <laughs> expectation. I was going to be the best. And uh, I'm, like, really happy that this one is exceeding expectations, which were nil. <laughs> yeah. But before we get into our general thoughts, I think we have a little bit of news to highlight, right? We should probably get into that. Yeah, not a lot. I think this actually was, we probably could have covered last week, but uh, fell off the radar. But Marvel's unleashing a few or releasing, not unleashing, a few video games. Uh, one for Guardians of the Galaxy, and then one for, I think it was for Black Panther, right? Um, I think they're doing... This is the Square Enix thing, right? Uh, I think I saw the trailer for the Guardians game. Um, yeah. What are your thoughts th- on that? It looks really good from a visual standpoint. Um, obviously taking a lot of cues from the MCU. I don't... and I think... Did did we get a chance to sample Marvel's Avengers together? Because the Black Panther thing say, is DLC. I think this stuff is better in printed form in comic books and and on and on the big screen. Obviously, TV is working really well too, but I just don't think it translates to video games. Like the Marvel's Avengers, I did play the demo, and I don't know. It's just it, it's not my style of game. One, but even just trying to keep an open mind, it's it's. I don't know. It just doesn't really work for for superheroes. I think it's more like if you were going to use superheroes, it's more like a Capcom uh, Mortal Kombat type of game you would want. So I don't like I feel like I, I so I tried it, of course. Right. <laughs> um, I had pre-ordered the, the Avengers game and I bought it. And I think I told you this, but like to this day, 
it's still sitting in its plastic wrap <laughs> over in my bookshelf. Yeah, like I haven't touched it. Yeah. And part of it was that demo experience. Um, I feel well, the like the demo I... was super laggy from like super glitchy for me. I kept getting stuck on one level, and I found out that there was like a glitch in the upload. So that probably made me sour to it a little bit as well. But yeah, it's just like I don't know. It didn't work. It does visually. It looks really good. Um, and even the Avengers game, I thought from a visual standpoint, I've seen like some of the cinematic cuts on YouTube. I don't know oh, if you do this great. too, but yeah, right. Like I feel like so, maybe it's something I want to sit down and spend fifteen minutes or so just going through cutscenes. But I, I don't think if it's um if it was the voice acting. Probably like, like they've it done. It would have been really better if it was that. RDJ and Chris Evans. Do you think it would have pulled people though? I feel like the, the visuals. Would've. The visuals are very MCU-like, but it's also, like, not quite there. Like, Cap throws me off from the Avengers game. He just looks yeah, way, they, way too if different. They, touched, they, they probably didn't have the rights to the actual lookalike of the actors. Although Hulk definitely, like, reminds me of the meme for uh, Hipster Hulk on that show. Like, does <laughs> yeah, he not? Yeah. <laughs> he, he comes did. across as a major hipster on that game. Um, yeah. But, but, yeah, I the trailer looks interesting apparently you can only play as one character in that game for that's guardians thought. they're single player games yeah and i think maybe that's avengers's issue right because they let you play as all the avengers but at the same time it doesn't feel like any of them is really refined all that much in the gameplay but you could play as a t like with somebody else like a partner right at least in the demo you could you can i just i've heard a lot of bad things in terms of like glitches and 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 all that it, it sounds like it was just a game that they rushed to get out to market and just didn't really pay all that much attention to well it was when avengers was hot and they were also doing a partnership with fortnite which is the reason why i played the demo <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah they had the the hulk fists yeah, and the iron the pickaxe, Man holsters, you know right yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then they were free in the shop like the next day i was so annoyed I was relieved because I couldn't finish the demo in time to get to. <laughs> yeah, but uh, it is interesting to see that they're still trying out video games. Uh, I hope for them it does work, but I probably won't be buying the this game. If you're ever though in the mood to actually play a good superhero game, the the Spider-Man game that they released recently is really good. As is the Batman games. Like it's been done. It's just like I feel like. When you right. take the focus off of one character, it becomes a little bit of an issue. I think that uh, that might be it. I think you're right. In in other news, we're, I can't believe this. We're 13 days away from Black Widow? Under two weeks. We're recording this on June 23rd, Wednesday. So less than two weeks for us. It's probably even less by the time you're listening to this. It might even be out by the time you're listening to this. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, who knows? Or actually, if you're in the international market, it's it's definitely going to be out before um, by the time you guys are listening to this. I'm so excited for this movie. I'm really excited to go back to a movie theater, see something on the big screen, and what better way than welcoming ScarJo to her own independent movie? It's only been <laughs> <laughs> uh, 13 years in the making. This one feels like... One, how many final trailers have we seen at this point? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's been delayed, what, like a year and a half or two years now? I think it's been two years. I don't know. I, I have like COVID Feels fog like memory. It. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm excited, though. I'm, I'm excited. This this is probably going to be the movie that drags me back into theaters. Like, I'm not going to lie. Like, I, I definitely will go see it. I just it's a matter of like when. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if it's going to be like as. Uh, 
as anticipated, like a opening night type of thing. Like I have to go see it opening night, but I definitely want to avoid spoilers. So it'll probably be opening weekend. You want to know something funny? Actually, um, a friend of mine. No, 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 <laughs> not yet. Um, a friend of mine got to see a like critic screener with another one of his friends, and he just like texted me something super late at night. I, I guess he thought he assumed that I had a chance to take a look at it. So there's something in that movie that got spoiled for me. <laughs> All right, well, don't ruin it for me and I'm not. millions of people downloading this. I'm not. I'm just, you know, you know, it just, uh, it's it's unfortunate because I feel like I, I definitely did. <laughs> like I, I made it the whole trek across for almost two years waiting for this movie. <laughs> and, like, two weeks right before. You stumbled right across the finish line. It's always the people you trust the most, man. It's always That's them. why I trust no one. <laughs> <laughs> and I live offline. I don't have any social media. Nothing can spoil me. You really are like off the grid. Right? <laughs> kind of a ghost. <laughs> to your credit, once the robot overlords begin to attack all of us using our social profiles. I'll be among the last. They'll be like, oh, be... we didn't even know you existed. <laughs> all right, fine. We'll take you. I'll be the emer- among the first to, to perish. All right, that's enough pretending like we have news. Let's move on to the <laughs> lamentous, spoiler-free thoughts. May I go first? Yes, go right ahead, sir. I just don't want you to take my ideas. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I'm going to open up with saying that I think this is going to break the streak of saying that this is my preferred episode to previous ones. Uh, not that I would say this is a bad episode whatsoever. I just think the action of the first two outweigh what we got in this one, uh, which is why I'm a little conflicted on how to feel about this episode. It was a much slower pace than the previous two. Definitely great character development, and it'll, like, assuming that you've seen the last episode and you haven't seen this episode, it gives Loki uh, space away from the TVA to process the events of... um, like seeing his scripted future and he's, he's able to determine like who's the good guy, who's the bad guy in this storyline. Uh, and we're finding out along with him. So I really enjoyed it for that aspect, but I don't know. It, it did seem too slow of a pace for a middle episode. And especially given their surroundings of where they were landed in this episode. And I won't say more cause I don't want to spoil it, but I think the expectation of what I was hoping for, how the last one ended, it wasn't quite met where I thought it was going to go for this episode. I think for me, it's it definitely was an episode that definitely took a very, almost like an abrupt stop, uh, especially in certain places, because I feel like this show has been really well paced up to this point. I do have to agree that you know, it, it may be too slow at certain parts. There's definitely action. I just... I feel like it's not quite as spread out as it maybe could have been. Um, and we almost took a pause during this. But the thing that I do want to say, though, is there's a lot of um, fan theories that get addressed in this episode. There is a lot of plot that gets laid out a little bit more. You get a little bit more substance to Loki. You get a lot of backstory to Yeah, that's uh, what I was going to say. It's, it's backstory for both, actually. And yeah. very little laying of the tracks ahead so that may be why i don't like it because i would just want the story to progress and i want to see where we're going and we get hints of it like you said like there is a little bit of a setup for where they're going to move uh in the future but i think it was just like you're doing too much uh 
fan credit at the, at a certain point, and that probably will tick some people off. But I want to be progressing. I, I I don't. I think the time has passed for looking backwards. There's definitely. Yeah, yeah, and there's definitely ways for them to have done this without slowing down to this pace. Um, I think I've, I've said this in the last two episodes, but I do feel like this show routinely breaks the um, show don't tell rule um, by telling you <laughs> what's going on. Sometimes, but if you're doing it twenty four seven in your episodes, then it's too much. Yeah, and this one is this is the point where I feel like it maybe did it a little too much here. Because I a lot of the stuff, especially the the backstory for uh, for Lady Loki, I would have rather have seen maybe some like even flashbacks to her. Well, know, like, yeah, they they did do like show and tell. They did both. It's like you don't have to waste time on both. Pick one or or the other. <laughs> right, right. But yeah, I, honestly though, like I thought it was a, it was a fine episode. Uh, not my favorite of the series either. Uh, but you know, pacing issues aside, I think it did well to kind of add layers to the show it just didn't lay more tracked out like you said so yeah and i will say on the plus side for it as well is great cliffhanger definitely makes me want to see the next episode immediately <laughs> the, the ending kind of made me a little upset though like i, I felt like that oh it, i yeah through the whole thing i was like what is loki doing <laughs> <laughs> well after all of this though like i felt the like the last two episodes it was very it always those two episodes ended with a oh this is cool i can't wait to see next week this one happens to be the slowest of the bunch but is the one that immediately is like all right i have to have the next episode right now you know like it it just called my attention a bit more uh only because i felt like i just wasn't quite as satisfied enough by the end of it yeah i think yeah it's what it's regrettable because it's like the whole episode was such a slow approach to the cliffside and then they ended by driving the car over the cliff, and you're like, "Wait, what? I have to see what happens next." For you real? spent all this time building me up, and now, uh, now you're gonna leave me hanging. And that's <laughs> not a literal; that was a metaphor in what we call in the game. Uh, there's not actually driving over a cliff. There could be, or maybe. <laughs> Watch to find out. Stay tuned. All right, so let's end it there for the spoiler-free. So if you haven't seen it, you still want to. Go ahead, throw us on pause, come back, rate us in the store. We accept five-star ratings. Uh, Those are always welcome. Uh, Otherwise, let's get into scenes, characters, and plot discussion. So why don't we start off with the flashback? So this is like what we were saying, show, don't tell. This one does show and tell. So they start off the episode by showing how Sylvie broke the TVA agent, uh, like broke into her mind to find out information about the timekeepers. I got a couple questions off of this, uh, using some knowledge from later on in the episode, so we might be skipping around a little bit in this one. But how did she enchant the agent so quickly in the tent in episode two (laughs) if this agent has a very strong mind? No clue. (laughs) No clue. Right, like, that doesn't add up. Like, basically what, what Sylvie's powers are, if you haven't seen it and you're still listening for whatever reason, she... Just needs to have physical contact with a person. She can either quickly or over time kind of take control of the person's mind based on how strong-minded they are or if they're more susceptible to it. I guess it's kind of like a hypnosis almost. So the TVA agent, in a later scene, uh, we see that she's very difficult to break into. And it took like several attempts. 
she was a very easy one in the tent, which was before the bit where she was very difficult to break into. Yeah, that part kind of confused me a little bit because, and there's also like in the opening sequence, you get to see uh, at least part of her plan to like invade the TBA. There's this, there's a quick scene where it looks like she was trying to enchant one of the soldiers and she just wasn't able to. Yeah. So she had to resort to, to violence with him. Later on, like you said, it, they clarify that if you're weak-minded, then it's easy for her to, to gain control of you. But if you're not, then you're not. Uh, it's more difficult for her to pull it off. But yeah, I guess I was under the impression that it it, it just kind of seemed to be come really like easily to her in the last two episodes. That I was just kind of thrown off by uh, some of the difficulties she was having with a couple of characters in this episode. I mean, it's certainly possible, too. Like, Similar to hypnosis, there are certain things you can get people to do and then certain things that cross their moral compass. So, like, you can't really hypnotize most people to be like, go murder this person. So maybe it's, like, just having the TVA agent fight her her teammates or her squad was easier than being like, tell me about the timekeepers, where are they kept, how many people are guarding them. That's left to us to like our imagination. I don't think this is going to get explained in a future episode. We got a little bit of an explanation for her, the way that her powers work, which was, I was, I was always kind of like confused as to whether it was her essence going into somebody else's body, but it doesn't sound like it is. It's literally just like a puppet, I guess that she creates. Yeah. Which makes sense. Cause in the second episode of Loki, she was still doing work on the, what are those called? Temp pads. Uh, while the other, puppet was like fighting loki so i i that made sense to me and and i wasn't really thrown off by that i guess her level of power to me was a little bit uh unclear from the last couple because it seemed like it kind of came easy to her before well yeah this this is definitely a good spot to explain what's going on i i, I don't think you leave the her powers unspoken but i i really like their um like their share like uh, we'll skip ahead a little bit here uh basically they have the TVA fight, and they end up on this planet called Lamentus, which is a doomed moon. A doomed moon. <laughs> uh, and they're searching for, like, a power source. I think the best part of this episode is the Lamentus train ride to the um, shuttle that would, like, take people away from this planet. Uh, because we get so, mu- like, so much good dialogue, like we were talking about before, where we get to see a lot of background story on, on each other. So there's a lot of parallels between the two characters because they're both Lokis, I guess. So they have the core structure of the same story, but just lived out different lives. Yeah, they they finally get we finally get some clarity too because I know there has been like speculation over whether the variant is actually a Loki or is it somebody else. It is a Loki. They just go by a different name at this point. Yeah. Was it Sylvie? Sylvie, yeah. So I guess like. Kind of similar to what the MC has been doing all along. It's like they're taking little elements from different cues in the comics instead of interpreting it all as, as the same thing as it is in the books. It seems like they're doing enough of fan credit, but then also being like, we're just basing this off of comics and, and developing a story for you. But I love the mother like the mother discussion, the adoption comparisons, like how that like you can have the same core structure of a of a life put together but have very different outcomes. And I guess they end up being very similar people. So it's like they've 
parted ways on the path and then it's come back together almost. But yeah, I, I feel like the the this episode got a good um some good time to like really go into the differences between them. It's interesting to me though to kind of see what the I guess it's like it's almost kind of like a what if with between them both. Yeah, and the like I did watch this twice today. So the first watching, I was like, oh, she's asking him all these like personal questions about his mother uh, because she wants to gain insight and use some information against him later on, which is something she like hints at later on as well. But I don't know if she was serious or not in that moment. But it was really like if you watch it a second time or, or just watch it closely the first time, you'll see this like twinkle in her eye that's like, oh, what was like our mother like in another universe? Because I never got to have a relationship with my mom. So I would love to hear like what could it have been like? Um, and then you do see like jealousy in Loki's eyes when he asks about like, how did you learn these magical powers? Like I learned everything I knew from my mother. And she was like, oh, I just taught myself. And like he's in all of that because he never thought he could teach himself a new power almost like two different distinct um versions of of the same kind of situation right because like loki himself it's almost like he is coming into the terms that he's had all this stuff in his life that he maybe never really appreciated because he learned magic from his mom and then here you have another loki that not only didn't have a mom but like had to be self-taught yeah and they also like they dive into the adoption aspect of their storyline as well which i think is definitely ties back to where like how their character has developed over the years as well so like loki was never told that he was adopted and he only found it out super late and going through like a very confusing time in his life like feeling like the villain because of it and that most certainly has like brought out trust issues with him obviously (laughs) and like a thirst for power because uh he's constantly denied a throne and then all this stuff with the TVA finding out like he was never ever going to get the throne anyway. Um, it brings up these like trust issues in him. And that's why he's like, I think that came up like three different times in this episode. Like, I just want to know if I can trust you. Do we trust each other? I think he said it like three different times in this episode. They're testing one, they're testing one another, but like they kind of know they're expecting the betrayal (laughs) from each other. I think right now, yes, but I think there's so much more to Sylvie's story. Like, there's more than just wanting to, like Logie said in this episode, wanting to just create this vacuum of power and just walk away. Like, she doesn't want to just destroy the timekeepers for no reason and then just walk away. There's definitely something else back there. I'm assuming it's probably something to do with, like, her relationship, either with this postman or whoever it was with, if that was a lie and it was with somebody else. I don't know if that really matters, but I feel like the TVA like took him from her and she became like a variant or something like that. Probably. It definitely will be interesting to kind of see what her proper motivations end up being here. That whole little action sequence at the beginning when it's revealed that her big plan was to just go back to the TVA um, once she bombed the timeline. Did that go the way that you thought it was going to go? Like, I was thinking she had another, like, she was going somewhere else. I didn't think she was deliberately going back to the TVA when we last we last left them in the last episode. No, that's uh, that's exactly where I thought it was going. I thought the bombing of the timeline was to pull Minutemen out of the TVA. So it's it's basically just like, if I create a diversion over here, that's where you'll look and that's where you'll go. Then I can sneak around to the other side and attack from there. She found what was it golden staircases or was it the golden elevator to the to the timekeepers? 
Yeah, that one TVA agent that she had under her mind control said that it was a golden elevator, like golden doors, so she knew to look for that. I don't know. It's not clear if she ever learned how many people were guarding it. It doesn't sound like that. She had enough time to break her there. But if we do call back to the second episode, the TVA agent said that she gave up everything, so maybe she did find out everything she needed to know. But you you did uh, call out before that uh, Sylvie learned pretty quickly that she can't use magic there. Like, she tried to use it on the first agent, and then that went wrong. But it seems like she doesn't really need her magic to uh, get the job done. No, she seemed pretty capable <laughs> of uh, of physically taking care of her, her problems there. Um, yeah. And speaking of that, though, like, right before they get transported to Lamentis, courtesy of Loki, we did get another appearance by that judge, uh, Ravana? Ravana? Ravona. Forgetting her name. Ravona. There you go. Or Ramona. We still haven't bothered to look it up. <laughs> <laughs> it's a hard name to grasp to remember. I know I know she's um I know her last name, it's like Renslayer, but I keep forgetting what her first name is. Uh but yeah, she does show up and it looked like she was actually gonna get the kill shot on Sylvie if Loki didn't make his move. She's not playing any games for sure. Well that's like the funny thing is like Sylvie was like she had Loki basically to knife point. And was like, if you get any closer, I'll kill him. And it's like, that's not a good bargaining chip. They don't care about this guy. And I think that's why Loki did his move. Because he's like, he knew that he means nothing to them. He saved them both right in the nick of time. And then when he has his powers back in the real world on Lamentis, he is clearly, he outmatches her uh, pretty pretty drastically. Yeah, the tables kind of turn on that too. Like it's it's almost like the dynamic in the last episode was like it seemed like she was more um, his superior, I guess, in, in in skill. But they're either matched or he, like you said, th- th- there are scenes in this episode where it seems like he outmatches her for sure. Yeah, I feel like he always had the ability to, but in the last episode, episode two, uh, specifically in that like Alabama. Costco, whatever it was called. <laughs> uh, I think he wasn't using his powers because he was probably like miss, uh, like not guessing correctly how strong this Loki variant was. And he just assumed that he was stronger and he didn't really have to try. Now he knows, like, okay, they're bringing their A game, I'll bring mine. Yeah, he could have just been testing her, right? Like, it, yeah. it, it does seem like a very Loki thing to do, like this Dark is- World. Yeah, this is definitely like a chess match of Lokis. I really did enjoy the dialogue between these two characters, though. I feel like we got a lot explained out of them. They're not just their backstory, but also like um, getting into, you know, some some of the stuff. I guess that, that makes kind of Loki uh, tick here. But um, we got into it. Um, was it was it the last episode that we talked about the gender fluidity of of Loki? I think that was the first episode. Like when they uh, the, had the intake form. The intake form. There you go. I was like, yeah. it, I, I felt like it was an after the credit scene, but it's not. Okay. They do. They do feature that in the after, or not the after credits, but like during the credits, they do have his like a screenshot of his intake form there. And it is like a very consistent thing with the character in the comics too. Their um, gender fluidity. Um. But yeah, I, I, f- I feel like we, we got, mo- we got we're getting a lot more out of Loki <laughs> in this series than um, obviously that w- we had before. But I'm, I'm, I'm really enjoying it. I really like each and every episode. I feel like Tom Hiddleston is killing it. 
as Loki. And just bringing in new layers that I didn't think we were ever really going to see. Just because Loki seemed like we were done with him at this point. Yeah, and, and the benefit of stepping back from being an action-heavy episode is that they let Tom Hiddleston just own his dialogue, and he does just crush it. Everything that we saw with um, between him and and Lady Loki at this point, well, or Sylvie, I guess we should probably call her uh, at this stage, I feel like was done really well. The one thing that I do want to say, like, I wish we had a little bit more of an explanation to Lady Loki's motivations, ultimately. Yeah, that, that's what I think they're intentionally just playing close to the vest, because if you give away that, uh, it takes away from the urgency of getting off this planet. It kind of felt like a brother-sister thing forming at the end of the, by the end of the, no, not by the end of the episode, around like the middle of the episode where they both kind of came to this understanding uh, once they got into the train sequence. That's funny. I felt like it was more of a romantic potential on the train sequence, but then at the end, fighting their way to the uh, shuttle, I felt like that's when they were like, let's look out for each other, like brother-sister kind of. I got some of that romantic stuff too, but I was like, but it's himself. <laughs> you know, like I was like, uh... Well, she uh, has disowned the Loki name, so I think it's fair, right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but speaking but, of like love interest, they do have a, a pretty long discussion on it. Uh, and Sylvie is like coming up with Hallmark, just the worst version of Hallmark cards on how to boil what love is. And she says that it, sometimes love is hating your partner. Uh, and then other times love is mischief. And she was like trying to play to Loki's being the god of mischief. And then he couldn't come up with what a response was. But uh, good shout out to, uh, like you said, you know, giving some fan service out here as well. Um, I think it's in the comics, right, is a long running thing about his sexuality right yeah so he's been gender fluid since i think the early 2000s because we've had a lot of iterations of loki over the past it's been lady loki regular loki um i think there's been a non-binary loki i don't know like i feel like there's been a lot (laughs) with them but i feel like it plays up to his characters and supposedly it also comes from norse mythology Mm. if that Yeah. yeah i don't know i'm not that familiar with it so Neither am I, um, but they did have a line in here where Sylvie was asking, like, because uh, she had uh, shared that she has a, had a relationship or has a relationship, a long long distance relationship with a postman is what she called him. Um, I don't know if that's serious or if that was like a misleading what is his actual profession, but she basically said that like he is the reason for her to keep going on her crusade, and then she turned it around and asked Loki if he had any romantic relationships with any uh, princesses or princes. And then he said a bit of both. So, uh, I mean, Twitter blew up with like in like the bisexual community. Very proud of that. And that is really cool to see, especially during pride month. So good on you, Marvel for awareness. They just so casually dropped it too. (laughs) I missed it the first time. And then I saw it on Twitter. I was like, I guess I missed some of the dialogue here. Yeah, I've. I think it's um, it, it's it's a really cool thing to include, not just for like the diversity's sake, but also like you know, the, in terms of the comics, Loki has been very much like almost everywhere. A hundred percent. Yeah, I I think it's really cool. Um, for both 
you know, awareness, but then also fan service as well. And then they fight on the train, uh, moving forward in the story. And then I guess the last big thing, other than the fight to the shuttle, is the fighting or is the TVA realization where this is where the rest of that, uh, her powers are explained, how it took a lot to break into the TVA agent's mind. Uh, and she had to go back hundreds of years for a memory that she could use. And basically, Loki finds out that the TVA agents are not like born by the uh, timekeepers. They're actually one like former variants turned into employees who are unaware of their um, their situation. Yeah, they mentioned something about like was it wiping them before? Like that was the sentence that was given to Loki. So I guess these are all. So it was con- the theory was confirmed, right? Because a lot of pe- I saw a lot of people on social media in the last two episodes saying like, "Oh, the va- um, the variants are probably the people that are serving uh, the TVA," and it turns out in this episode is confirmed that that's exactly what the case is. Oh, I missed that. I mean, it would make sense that um, what it was his punishment called being reset. So yeah, it's possible that he would have just been reset as a TVA agent, and like that's everyone's punishment when they go to the TVA or to be disintegrated. (laughs) (laughs) I wonder how many of them are aware of that though. It seems like none of them. Would it be like, I don't know. Cause it, it kind of seems to me, no, yeah, yeah, you're right. Because, uh, Owen Wilson's character had this whole spiel about how they were all created by the timekeepers. Right. And it's also like his character has these weird, uh, tendencies or these this weird background story that maybe people are just manufacturing but it seems like with those like jet skis and his descriptions in love of the 90s that like he's probably somebody who had something to do with jet skis in the 90s before he became a variant yeah they so all these guys have had prior lives the one interesting thing though on this is like when she was talking to Loki and explaining about the uh, probing the mind of the TVA agent because we start off this episode with both of them on some sort of like um, either hangout or or date I couldn't really quite tell what the connotation there was but um, they were hanging out at a restaurant and just ordering martinis all that stuff Um, margaritas margaritas oops sorry (laughs) (laughs) but basically she she mentioned that oh this these were her memories so she's like digging through the tva agents memories but she said something that kind of caught my attention she said from hundreds of years ago before her time with the tva and i was like hundreds of years ago when were margarita like frozen margaritas founded that and also like it kind of got me thinking like is she from the future? Like, what? where in the timeline did they get this TVA agent from? Or, I guess better yet, like, how does time work differently outside of the, the main timeline? And that's why it's been hundreds of years for her, but it's been only a couple years on Earth? I don't know. It just kind of caught me off guard. Oh, I pictured it in the past, because hundred, hundreds of years ago is not the same as hundreds of years later, right? Is what you would have said. Yeah, I, I I was just confused as to where because it seems like they she, her memories obviously were like of modern ish times. Yeah, it looked it looked like current 
restaurant, like a beach restaurant, which is why it was kind of confusing for her to say hundreds. Um, but who knows? They could get away with just saying it was a totally different planet. That maybe also has frozen marks. Yeah, or or maybe like like I said, maybe time just functions differently outside of the main timeline. Because we are talking about like these variants would be cut from the branches that they created, right? So technically speaking, they themselves are still in the main timeline, but but the um it would be like the prime version of them, and then this version of them would be a variant that's now working outside of that time and space. Mm. I feel like I just confused myself as I was. No, trying I get to... what you're saying. Um, I don't know if it's worth, um, you know lamenting on and focusing on i think it's kind of like it's not <laughs> just take it for what it is it's weird that they had margaritas hundreds of years frozen margs hundreds of years either prior or in the future of the same looking restaurant uh but we get we get a view into her powers in this episode we get a view into them building trust uh which is what this whole thing was was meant to serve um and then obviously the big cliffhanger here being they reached the the arc to, or shuttle to get off the planet before the uh, comet or the, the other planet is about to crash into them. And the reason they have to go for that is because Loki destroyed the uh, temp pad by accident. So basically they're stuck here because that shuttle arc gets destroyed by some meteorites. So major cliffhanger, how do they escape this? predictions oh owen wilson's character comes swooping in mobius will show up at the last minute it kind of has to be but how does he did, like find out that it's this timeline because there's no other uh there's no like variant energy detected right yeah i don't know that that that'll be a hard one to kind of figure out but i, I feel like it's obviously going to be owen wilson's character and the revelation that they're all variants kind of makes me think like is he a glitch in the system kind of thing like is he maybe aware of it and he has other alternative uh motivations behind it he does seem very different than the other tva agents like he's not so by the book he's very like willing to flow with whatever gets the job done kind of a guy he's got more free will than i would think the timekeepers would allow right right yeah but this, I, I do agree. I think it has to be his character that comes in and saves the day, takes them both into custody type of thing. And we'll see where they kind of take it from there. I feel like, yeah, I mean, I, I don't really know what else to predict, honestly. Um, I'm just kind of along for the ride. <laughs> I think uh, I think this episode does propel loki into being more motivated to take down the timekeepers but not because of reasons of i want to take their throne more because i want to free these people um so i would be kind of surprised if that's where the series doesn't lead it's it'll be interesting to see what he does with this information because yeah you said it could be that he's motivated to free them at the same time i don't know i feel like he is inherently selfish so there's got to be some sort of give for him oh he'll still take the throne but (laughs) for altruistic reasons yeah i how many more episodes do we have three right we're halfway through the season jeez okay so we got to have like some sort of confrontation with the timekeepers coming up really yeah and then i i do need to um you know face facts and own up to it 
Uh, my prediction last week was 100% off. <laughs> it wasn't just a portion off. Uh, I thought this episode was going to be zero Loki and be mostly focused on uh, Owen Wilson and the other Minutemen trying to repair the timeline. But uh, we actually got zero scenes of any of that. <laughs> I wonder if this leads to that being exactly the case for the next episode. Like them clipping the branches and then it kind of like leads them to there. Yeah, like we don't see Loki and Lady Loki at all. I'm oh, sorry, Sylvie at all until the end of next episode. I don't know. This is too much of a cliffhanger where you can't readdress it at the beginning of it. Like they have to find some other way off. Like that old lady that shot them. Maybe she had her house was actually a shuttle or something like that. Like something crazy, you know? Yeah. I don't know. I just feel like they have to troll us in some way because they've done it for the other shows <laughs> at this stage. True. Uh, and then one other thing I not so much a prediction, but just more of a theme that I started noticing uh, on this episode is that color is a very uh, prominent, um, I don't even know what to call it. I guess just repeat my words with theme, but it seems like they're also mirroring the Infinity Stones. So like the TVA is very orange, right? And that was pretty much all of episode one. And then the Alabama store was like the f- highlight and focal point of the second one of the second episode and the lighting it wasn't like fluorescent like a normal like Costco type thing would have it was kind of greenish which might be a little bit of a stretch and kind of just like trying to fit it into this theme but that would be another infinity stone and then this episode without a question was definitely purple uh, which would be the power stone so I would be very interested it's six episodes there's six stones i'd be very interested to see if we get like a red episode a blue episode and then what would be the last one yellow yeah i didn't even notice that yeah i think you might be onto something with there i know i noticed the small things that's what we're here for <laughs> only the best stuff here <laughs> we do zero other research and we make bold plays <laughs> I mean, every now and again, it'll be right. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it is. You throw enough darts, you're going to hit the board. Exactly. <laughs> Any other last thoughts on this episode or future episodes for this show? Yeah, where is Owen Wilson? I wanted to see more Owen Wilson. <laughs> wow. Uh, I want to. Yeah, I want to. <laughs> I just want to see him well. staring at the like the broken timeline, going, "Wow." <laughs> <laughs> And after the credit scene at the end of one of these, just I know they have to start putting those in. What am I watching credits for? Yeah, I'm doing the same thing. I'm going through all of it thinking I'm gonna miss something. Although they have like great music, so I'm actually just watching the credits also for that. It has been really good, yeah. Yeah, I don't I, I have no other thoughts other than to say like I'm I am really enjoying this show. Uh, maybe it's because I had no expectations at all on it, but I feel like out of all the shows so far, I feel like this has been the strongest one. Even with this one being a slow-paced episode, I still enjoyed it. It still added enough layer for me to to, to say that you know I'm not wholly dissatisfied um, in this episode. It caught yeah, my attention uh, to keep keeping it. So I, I totally agree. I would not say that this was a disappointing episode. I would just say that like the action and the like um, the novel of the first two episodes is what made those ones better for me. Um, but this is probably setting up something bigger in the future. Like, all that background story is probably going to pay off. Uh, obviously, the cliffhanger is going to lead into more of the storyline. So, this was a this was a vital episode for driving this series forward, I think. 
Definitely. Definitely. Looking forward to the next one for sure. Me too. So on that note, we're going to end it here. If you have any other thoughts on this episode or where the series is going, uh, feel free to reach out to us on Twitter at BT Fourth Wall. Otherwise, thanks, thanks for, for listening. listening.